Welcome to the Best Hour of Their Day podcast with your hosts, Jason Fernandez and me, Jason Ackerman. With more than 20 years in the business, as both coaches and affiliate owners, our passion is to help create world-class affiliates and coaches by building better boxes. Welcome to the best hour of your day. Another legend. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Ben Bergeron. We've had Nicole Carroll. We've had Coach B. We've had Chris Hinshaw. Now we got Ben Bergeron. First time on the best hour. I've been chasing Ben for just like he's been chasing excellence. Oh, oh nice there? plug. You see that? That's a good plug. Okay. You see that for years? I was telling he's Ben. He's been waiting all he week has, to He's been that. planning that. Yeah. He wrote that out yeah. many Check that times. off my list of jokes, everybody. <laughs> I was telling Ben, we met in 2008. Will Heather get mad if I tell that? No, of course not. Uh, we met in 2008, the first ever non-CrossFit sanctioned competition in my parking lot. And my memory of Ben and his wife now, obviously, Heather, is just a drunk Heather Bergeron not willing to leave my parking lot in a cowboy hat very little clothes probably you know and just just decked out in physio tape and <laughs> not even no because that wasn't around that wasn't around at the time physio tape. But that, that, that cowboy yeah, hat and exactly. she's like I love you days. thanks for this and I'm like so we talk about that, that Albany the, there was a series of Albany competitions but we talk about those first two ones a lot how so that was so the well, that was the thing that started it all in the on the East Coast. In the CrossFit space. That started it all. That's what got us Thank here. Thank you, That's Jason Ackerman, yeah. for creating the <laughs> CrossFit games. In my mouth. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that was like us going and participating in a competition for the first time at a at a at a a high level. And then the next one, the first, I think it was a regional was the next one, wasn't yeah. it? I ran a regional, then you ran like one. Yeah. Um, but the regional that you did up, we we did do we a couple caravaned up in a. Yeah. We took a, we got like a Winnebago and came up with a group of like twelve of us. Der- was Derek Mohammed yeah, De- right? Yep. And then you had Frankel, Matt Frankel yep. at the time. Yeah. Oh. Um, you had a, a bunch of other well-known. Mel Ockerby. Oh, Mel. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what's so fun those about. Are some names I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then think about those. Many of them went on not only to be phenomenal athletes over the course of time. Both of those two went on to own affiliates and be a part of seminar staff. So you were a breeding, you know, high-level athletes as well as other of... Because that was one of the things I took from you very early on. Members or coaches would leave to open their own affiliate, and I would get so upset. Hmm. I'm sure we've all been there. And I remember seeing you do it. I don't remember if I heard you talk about it or watched the video, but... You and Liz, remember Elizabeth Darsh? Yeah. Used to say things yeah. like, you know, your your box is measured by how many people do that. If people are leaving to do what you're That's doing, cool. and yeah. motiv- like you've motivated them, and it did help me reframe my thinking about because you take it as just a you know kick in the balls, when in reality it's like I've motivated someone to chase their dreams. Yeah. How we, many affiliates came from New England? I think we have like 24. That's a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. And they all basically in that mass area? Yeah, they're not. They're, they're not all going down the street. To, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no one's directly down. Uh, we have one that's you could throw a rock to. But, uh, yeah, they're all within a 20-mile you know, a, a radius. And do you have a pretty good relationship? You know, this is what happens when they leave is everybody leaves. And when they leave, I, I, I do my best, yeah, to kick in the balls. because More so because you're losing one of your really good coaches and a good friend. Like, they're, they're always going to be those two right. things. And, yeah, they might be pulling 5, 10, or 15 members as well. But that's it, over the timeline, that's going to come back. It just it every single time has... And whenever they leave, they, you know, it's always, you know, and we'll stay in touch and we'll do the throwdowns together and we'll do this. And after four, five, six of them, you realize that that's just, it's just not what happens. It's like your friends from high school and college. Exactly like you right. still love them, if but they, you But move if they on. move to a different state, it's kind of the equivalent. It's yeah, really, it's like really a, challenging. It's like state. a weird breakup. It's like it wasn't necessarily bad, but you're like, it's probably, we should probably like have our distance well, here a little bit. Maybe You guys like know a, how busy you are when you, yeah. run a bi- when you run a business. It's like, and you just... It's like, you know, it's like, it's like when your friend has a kid and you're like, hey, we're still going to hang out. And then like, yeah, haven't yeah. seen you and your kid's nine. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say this also. There's been numerous times I've seen your name 
in books. Not your books. Oh, cool. If you must know it, Pressfield, Stephen Pressfield has mentioned you. What? Yeah. Robert Greene. What? I've read multiple books. I have no I, idea. I, you didn't know this? No, I did not know this. Oh, I've read I'll both find, of them. I'm I'll not find, big well, there's multiple uh, Pressfield and, and Robert Greene books. But you, Pressfield as in like Stephen the, Pressfield, The, the Art, Art of War. War. Yeah. Yeah, Holy crap. He's mentioned you That's as well amazing. as, um, I think it was Robert Greene, like Ryan yeah, Holiday's. Ryan Holiday, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and I always think it's cool because I'm like, oh, like, that's like, it's like that's seeing amazing. your peers advance, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's re- like, I had really no cool. Idea. That's Multiple really... times, yeah. I, it wasn't good, but no, he said it was, it, was, it was what not to do. It was oh, what not to do. Yeah, I was like, hey, how, no, yeah, yeah. I'll find him like, at some point. Yeah, how to do things and, poorly. And no, I'm just kidding. To you. But it, it's, it's really oh, cool it's to so see good. that, you know, to see the growth. That's, yeah. Because, you know, like I said, we've known each other 15 plus years. Yeah. It's cool to see how many, the evolution. Uh, speaking of it, how many years has New England been open? Like, where are you guys at? We affiliated in 2017, so this is year 14. Year I'm sorry, 14. I was going to say 2007. 2007. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So next year will be the big one. That'll Got be it. the 15-year anniversary. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, we hit 14 in October. <clears throat> well, let's let's yeah. take a, a journey back. You were a triathlete. Yep. Correct. Is that how you found CrossFit? Uh, no. I was a triathlete. Were you a pretty uh, high-level triathlete or just mm, participating? It depends on what high level is. I wasn't like a games level. I was probably like a, a, a semifinal. I was trying to qualify for world championships. So these are all fulls. These You're not doing like sprints and I did and sprints, Olympics. but I did two Ironman. I, was, Got I, it. I, I, I had uh, an outside chance. So it may say it this way. World-class times are like the winners win in eight hours. Really good people are 10 average is like 13 hours right. and there's a 17 hour cutoff and what, what's your best my best was like 10 and a half it's good that's fast yeah. Like, yeah. So that's fast what's like, your weakest okay. of the three uh biking biking really yeah, yeah. You're a good biking. no but like but you're worse than biking well swim's but, rel- but it's swim relatively is, short it's, like comparatively to the other two yeah um i mean not the two miles is short and, <laughs> and now compared to like crossfit athletes biking would be my best Right. Which is kind of You would have won the biking event here? No, definitely. No? That's what's wild about, like, these athletes now. If I was to take my triathlon capacity and compare it to CrossFit Games athletes in 2008, 9, and 10, my swim, bike, run would have been very, very high. I would have felt very, very comfortable with those athletes. I would come in dead last. Really? I swim with these guys. So I know, like, I swim, you know, I've swam with... Uh, Chandler, like mm-hmm. I swim with Chandler, training, and it's not easy to keep up with him. Like it was, he was good in the water, and he would come here, right? And he would come in third or fourth to last. That's how good. Like people don't That's, realize yeah. how good these guys are now. Like well, the I'm Aussies, on, the Aussies are always strong yeah. in the water, like always, either on the and board. People always or just in the water. associate it to like back in 2008, 9, 10 when we the games field was not strong swimmers. I tell you where last year when they did when they swam in the uh, yep, in the in pavilion the in the pool and uh, watching Fukowski and um, who's in first place right now um, for the men yeah Roman watching them swim in that event I was like that's impressive I was a rescue yeah. swimmer I wasn't a great swimmer but I'm like I'm proficient in the water and I was watching them get in the pool and I was like well I'm looking at two people that are very very good at swimming and are swimming like hard yeah like they look like motorboats going through the water i was like oh it's like that's that's no joke amanda barnhart is a d1 swimmer right she came in second in the pool and the top two were not like light years ahead of right right yeah wow what what brought you across it if it wasn't the triathlons okay so i was doing triathlon at the time uh but i didn't find it through triathlon i found it through uh strength condition i was strength and condition coach at the time working with high school athletes and I was just constantly on the search for like, you know what, like, when I found CrossFit, I had that feeling like I found something I didn't even know I was looking for. I think that's a good way to put it. I think a lot of people feel that yeah, way. Yeah, and I, I was, too. I knew I was looking for something and I would go and get all the different levels of certification. So I did like my ISSA, I did my NASM, I did my CSCS, yes, yes, yes. I did all, all NSC, like all those different things. 
n not knowing why I was continuing to go do the next thing because he's looking for that like, guy. Oh, I feel like that's not it. It's not. It's yeah. not clicking. It's yeah. not clicking. And when I, that's when I found. So I found. I was on all these forums and trying to learn as much as I could. Found the CrossFit um, website through one of those forums. Jumped on and had that kind of like whoa moments. What was the first workout? Uh, the first thing I, I saw was like, you remember how like the old one, and just that list of um, links. Yeah. And I was like, nasty girls, click. Yeah, it'd be like the <laughs> oh dot wave or dot like, oh, MOV, shit. and yeah. you can watch it. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, MOV, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So click that, watch it. I was like, whoa, that's like nothing I've seen before. And I think Nicole Carroll's crying at the oh, end we of just it. Had we, her we, on, we had her on yesterday, about we were talking it. through yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. So, uh, kind of stayed up all night watching that stuff. You know, I'm a personal trainer at the time and have to get up at 4.30 in the morning, but like, was like just enthralled with it. Uh, first workout I did with Cindy. I did 18 rounds. Thought I, thought I was a stud. I saw Spieler's 40. And that's exactly what I saw. I saw Spieler and I was like, 33? He's cheating. Like, he, did, what is, he did 38 at one point, I think. Yeah. So like, what is that? So I'm like, feel like I'm fairly fit. I feel like I'm doing what the pinnacle of fitness is, like triathlon, Ironman, and seeing what these guys are getting and realizing I have so much room to, and also I liked, the reason I liked triathlon was because it wasn't just endurance, it was this for the skinny guys. At least it had swimming, which is right. sort of muscular. Right. It's sort of an upper body thing. But when I found CrossFit, I was like, oh, you can be strong and fit, and like like everyone found it. Like, uh, yes. Were you doing a lot of strength training at that time when you were doing? I would do like the I would do like three four days a week of getting the gym and doing but upper the body chest pump. tries. Right. Type yeah. Yeah, 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 the old school stuff. So yeah. you you find CrossFit, you do Cindy, and then what's the transition from traditional strength and conditioning to CrossFit New England? I started doing it with some of my personal training clients. Um, I had them all do Filthy 50 regularly. So like Filthy 50, like every... So no constantly vary, just Filthy no, 50. No, Filthy 50 meaning like Filthy 50 every five or six weeks. That yeah. was our benchmark. Yeah. So kind of do this. What was cool, and this is how I knew I found something. Before I found CrossFit, I had a shared leaderboard for all of my clients. How'd you do that? Analog on a clipboard. I would have like just a chart and I would say like, um, I had an obstacle course that I had them do behind the gym that I had them all do, like 10 push-ups, run up the hill, drag this sled, do this jump over this thing. I had uh, a test on the treadmill. I had pull-ups. I had, so I had that's all That's kind of advanced for a personal trainer so that's in what 2005, I, I, that's, I, I, I That's when I found it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much better You're like, than I'm what kind I'm doing. of doing that, but like, it's like so this much is better. packaged different. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's cool. Um, so then the transition was, uh, started doing my clients, then started doing my athletes in the strength conditioning field, started doing more and more of it. And then I can remember being on a training run in Lake Placid for the Ironman with my training buddy, running around the lake, and we still talk about all the time. I'm like, I think I'm going to do this other thing. It's what? like, this thing sounds so awesome. Like you stopped triathlons. Yeah, stopped triathlons. I did one more half after that, and I was like going through the motions because I was so interested in this instead. It's hard to make that fun. Once you found CrossFit. It's, no, it's completely that. Well, that I just remember being on that bike during that, and I was like, if I just run in that guardrail, <laughs> it would be over. I could just not do this anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I used to do a, like, the, I think the perfect distance for CrossFitters is a sprint. Sprint triathlons. Like, right, it's, it's under, it's it under 90 minutes. It might be perfect, but it's the best one It's the best have. one for CrossFitters, where I think it's just, the distances are just long enough that, like... It takes you, about an hour. Yeah, like, yeah. if you're if you're crushing, you could get, like, you might be able to squeeze under an hour. But, yeah. like, even somebody like just me just walking in there, I'm like, you come under 90 minutes. You can yeah. get in the water as long as, you, as long as you're not a complete disaster in the water. Yeah. 500 Do, meter swim. Yeah. 15. Uh, 10, on the bike. 15 minute bike. Yeah. And then a 5K. Yeah, 5K. So it's like... It's a good test, yeah. And within the within the time to you don't have to do a ton of training, put in any really any mileage for that, as long as you're I, okay in the water. Off topic, I watched the documentary on the Barkley marathons last night. Uh, Somebody was just that? talking about. That. There's a bunch so, on YouTube that I found. It's the most interesting thing they I gotta do. Gotta watch it. This like dude, that old dude smoking cigarettes. No <laughs> yeah. joke, Lazarus no, this is, is his it's name. It's so funny. This is the third time it's come up this week. If go on YouTube and search Barkley, and there's I think there's one on Netflix also. But they basically have to do like five eight-hour loops. They change directions, middle of the night, like so many weird rules, like no one knows what time it starts, but it just, it's a, it, it was, it was seriously. 
That's and, amazing. And, like, There's very another few one called uh, Just One Mile. You heard of that? No. no. This is really cool. Backwoods, Tennessee. This it's is in a, Tennessee also, the Barkley ones. It's yeah. all in Tennessee. <laughs> What's going on down there? Yeah, they're trying to compete with West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're winning. Not in the right way. <laughs> uh, just one mile. You have 20 minutes to complete a one-mile loop through the woods, 300 feet of elevation gain. So that's a legit elevation gain. At the 20-minute mark, the next one starts. If you're not back, you're out. It's like the beep test. It's the beep test. It's, it's death by. It's, it's, exactly, it's, it's exactly the beep test, and the winner is last person standing. How many miles do they finish? They end up going about 130 miles. So, th don't tell Tosh about this. Yeah, this is lasting <laughs> a long time. Yes. Yeah. Like, so you get three miles in an hour. So three times. Oh, so that's a like day 50, is 27. Yeah, it's like yeah. two days. Yeah, the, and the Barkley no caps sleep, at 60 like, hours. Yeah. It's super, you would like it. Check that out. I would so, not like to do it. I'll watch that documentary. How, how, <laughs> how, what's the time frame from I found CrossFit and I'm, triathlon's not happening to I'm going to open CrossFit New England? Uh, pretty quick. Within a year. And are you still in yeah. the same spot? We are. Yeah. Where there's like a little side room, I want to say. The side room we blew out, so we have the whole building now. Okay, so that's Oh, a, so that little, changed. okay, got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah I remember there's there. like a little side room. Yeah. Oh, you, you were there? But you did, you've done... M multiple we, different expansions in there. We've, yeah, we just, just keep on kind of like... Because like you take, put showers in there at some point, I think. Yeah, in we the just back. took on taking over like the next 800 square feet. Yeah, I, remember the, I remember the first time I walked in there, I was like, oh, this is... Because it was like a dog leg before you blew right. that out. And I was like, this is the exact same footprint it's as my gym. Yours, yeah. yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. Because it was always hard to gauge when you see pictures of other people's gyms. I'm like, how big is that? Whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, great. I like, I get it now. I'm like, all right, this is it's, awesome. You know... At the time, especially, you hear across the New England, and you're like, it's this beautiful, massive body. And then you go there, and it's like, there's a little weird room over here. Yeah. Like, it, it, it just shows the coaching. What you create there is far more important than the space. Yeah. Right? Like, you yeah. can, and that's what Glassman created, right? It's like, the term box, we forget, stems from, like, it's a warehouse space, or it's right. a storage yeah. unit. Like, anything can become a successful affiliate. You, you opened CrossFit New England, and like we said, you've developed plenty of coaches. You've had some amazing athletes. What's that journey been like for you? Because at one point, and you still are very fit, but you were like the fit, and you must have had to take a back seat in order to focus on your community, yeah. but also the athletes you were helping. Yeah, I was... Uh, I competed, and my highest level was competing at the games on the team, but it was like... did you Were you on a... a a, a New team? England team? Yeah. Which, uh, which year? The year you won? Uh, 10. No, not the year we won. We won the next year, I think. We won Did 11. you podium with you on it? Uh, no. You were holding the team back? <laughs> it was me. That's why I stepped away. <laughs> Realized so you're a much better coach <laughs> than being on the podium. It's me. Yeah. I, I remember it's there's me. a great picture of Frankel hitting that wall ball. Right, yeah. the year you that's the, the year we won. Yeah. It ended with all the girls. Yes, Hobart was on that team. Yeah, so that, so at that year, <laughs> when they did the briefing for the workouts, the athletes didn't even need to be there. You could show up if you wanted to. Yeah. So, it was the briefing was in the tennis stadium. It was Sunday morning, the last day of the games, and Castro gets up and announces the workout. I went so the athletes could sleep in a little bit later, and after he announces it. I texted the team, we're going to win the CrossFit Games. We had just done, we trained us together as a team all the time, and we, what I used to do with them was, um, like, they had to make decisions on the fly. So I'd go, here's six workouts. You have one minute to decide who's doing the first one. Three, two, one, go. And then you have, here's the next workout, three, two, one. So we had done that, almost that exact iteration two weeks before and I knew the everybody capacities. knew everyone yeah. knew who was doing what like immediately it was very cool Frankel went unbroken on Karen that's the, and that's had about 20 no reps that's gross that's that, really that's, gross. That's become urban myth at this Is point. Is that not yeah. entirely not true? Yeah. <laughs> he he, broke he, up, broke he, he could, could have times. gone unbroken for not all of the no reps. Oh, he didn't actually go unbroken. I, mean, I, I think, if I remember correctly, Mel did Fran, Hobart did Diane. I don't remember yes. the, the rest of it, but I remember the, just that image of like yeah. Matt's, and Matt's an, Matt Frankel's an awesome dude. I think he's a, he's or his a wife's a, I think that's his No, he's wife. a chiropractor now, he's right? Chiropractor, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Doctor, I see, Dr. I see videos of him like practicing yeah. on the on the internet. Yeah, it's that, cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You were, so, I mean, you were, 
at the forefront of the professional coach. Even just that. Because I would imagine most of the teams were like, what do you want to do? Like, who's doing... I don't want to do ball balls. We should have a plan, everybody. And you're like, you're doing this, you're doing that. And also, the foresight to understand, like, that's where the sport was going. It wasn't just going to be like... Or, or did you know that's where the sport was going? Uh, well, I don't know what you mean by that's where the sport was going. Meaning... There's going to be some unknown and uncertainty point, in there? Well, no, just meaning, like... It's, it's still not kind of like at its peak yet. Like it's moving, it's like 2010, 11, but it's like 14, 15. This is when it's like ships on ESPN. You know, it's like. So we, uh, I think the only, di I loved it. So when you, you love it as much as that, it's really easy to um, maybe, maybe the, the passion creates a little more levels of creativity right. and commitment. Right, okay. Right, so I took maybe a little more creativity and commitment to the coaching aspect than other people might have. A lot of coaching was, I think I was actually the first, call it remote coach. Chris Spieler hired me to be his coach when no one had a coach at the time. I was thinking, look, essentially when I think of Jim's that kind of, that were very early. It's, it's New England and Invictus are the two gyms. I'm like, early on, they were like that where they were all in. And just like, when you, when you heard that name, you're just like competitive, they have the teams, all that kind of stuff. And it was it was those two gyms, like household names, like early on in the game. We just, Heather and I both love the sport. So it's so easy for us to, let's get teams, let's get right. individuals. When you take it seriously, the coaching elevates and then all of a sudden you have staff that's becoming level ones. And it was right. like, it was a did, really cool, exciting time. Did, really cool. So knowing what you know, if you look back now and you're looking at that time when you guys are kind of focusing on competing, it's not an uncommon story. Jim owner's like, yeah, we're going to put a team together, and then like the gym implodes. Were you guys seeing that at this point, like that earlier in the game? Like, was there like a tug of war with regard to like time and attention, and does now you have like a bifurcated community? There wasn't because we were so laser focused on what we knew we were creating. We wanted to create a competitive gym. That, so, was, that was literally yes. the intent. Okay. So ha that happens, what you're talking about, when people have these dual visions. Like, let's create this cool community gym where everyone feels welcome. Mm -hmm. And then let's also try to have a team. And that's where right. that thing falls apart. Right. We were... Let's go compete in the sport of CrossFit. And people that want to be a part of that on any level, mm -hmm. AKA take this thing really seriously, had a home. And the people that didn't, didn't stay. Didn't stay. It's yeah, the truth like, it's way it. too serious for me. So yeah. case in point in that, my philosophy was if we were a running club, I would want every one of the members of the running club to participate in a 5K. That's what right. runners of a running club do. Let's join the local 5K. So that was the drive. It was so laser focused that it was when the open comes around, we're going to have 100% participation. And the way I used to do that, by the way, this is not the way CrossFit New England is now at all. Well, I was right? going to say, like, we I are, never heard of you as not a community. We are maybe like, well, we are a community, but we are a community with a very shared ethos. Okay. Right. Let's, let's be really freaking good at this then. Now, it's not about that. Now, it's about kicking ass in your 90s. It's about like, Right. But the way we made that was I used to get in front of the class. Before the class would start, I would say, okay, the 20 people that are in this class, if you have signed up for the open, please have a seat. And there'd be like maybe four people still standing. I'd say, the class will start when these four people have signed up for the open. Please go to so the So you recommend desk. affiliates are doing that? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, so not, what not Ben is saying all. is like, shame your members. Yeah, yeah shame. Who <laughs> yeah. did not eat paleo last yeah. night? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to need to see your And I look back on that, I'm like, holy cow. I think like, we all everybody look back on that, especially like that. eight, well, that was probably about 10, 11, 12 time frame, which yeah, is... Yeah, exactly. I think the we goal all look, was to have the most participation we were i was we were just really really we were really competitive right. not just the sport i wanted to win everything right so if there was a fundraising thing i wanted to raise the most money if there was a reward for the most people to get um registered for the open i wanted to win that it was like competition drove what we did how many of the outside of the open how many of your members in that time frame were competing in something oh they used like to show local. up in our events in droves like 
20 members of New England be there. Like, fit old, like, you know, 50, 60 year olds, like, <laughs> showing up. Like, you mentioned Bubba. Yeah. I remember he's probably 50 at the time, maybe yeah. a little younger. Yeah. Fit dude, right? Like, I, I couldn't remember the names. You had some women as well that were Elaine. just like, yeah, just like super fit yeah. women, like, coming in, crushing the competition, not to mention Heather and, and you know, the, the other team members. When, when did you guys shift away? Uh, 2016, right around there. Okay. For it what was, reason? Uh, Heather and I's, I think it's really important for affiliate owners to create an atmosphere and a vision that's in line with the owner's passions. Like, and don't be apologetic for it. And our own, you know, we had two kids now that are young toddlers running around the gym and our focus has just shifted from, you know, let's create this really ultra competitive gym to let's create more of a community and a family. It changed from win to family. It's funny because same, you know, my first affiliate was like a fraternity because I was in that like single and then by my third, I wasn't, I didn't have kids yet, but I was like, oh, we need to have families here. Yeah. And like, you, you, your priorities shift and that trickles down. And then, which you is, see that in the community. Which is correct. Which is like the right, like, I think that people, businesses in general, entrepreneurs, regular everyday people, they had, they create a, a purpose or a vision for what they want, the values for themselves. And they're reluctant to let that change or evolve, which, if you have the same values when you're 14 that you have when you're 34 that you have when you're 64, we're not learning things along the way. You have a disaster of a life. <laughs> yes. And the business is the same way. Like the way you want to create your business when you are in its infancy and you're in years one through five is probably going to look a lot different than when you're in years 15 through 20. In that evolution, if you look back now, you're like, hey, what are some of the more pivotal kind of timestamps? over those years with regard to either your growth as a leader, as a business person, are there some, because I think of certain times I'm like, oh, right there, the yeah. trajectory on my life takes a hard turn right there at that moment right there. Do you have any of those? Yeah, there's a, I, I would say that there's probably like, you know, CFNE 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. Um, COVID probably put a 4.0. Right, it was a 4.5. <laughs> uh, 1.0 is us doing it part-time. Right. It was, I'm a, still a strength and conditioning coach, uh, but we're running classes in the morning before I work with the high school athletes in the afternoon. 2.0 is the, the getting in the location we're now through hiring coaches, trying to, that's our competitive thing. We wrote up on the whiteboard me with, I had two coaches, Mel and Matt at the time, so only two full-time coaches, and we wrote up about 30 different things that we thought we needed to do to be the best gym in the world. And that was our like, let's go do those things. I would say that was like 2.0, and then that went up until about 2016, where I kind of got tired of hiring a bunch of really, really fit athletes that weren't full-time coaches paying full-time salaries to them, but I did a really terrible job as a leader creating shared vision and values, roles, responsibilities, holding people to standards, and that's where there's a big inflection point where, you know, we talk, it's, I sat down my staff of about nine full-time coaches that weren't full-time coaches, and we they're just the, kind of training at this point. Yeah. I had hired a bunch of people to beat because we were to doing exercise. that. Yeah. Like, let's get two teams to the games. Let's have as many individuals right. as we can. And it's not a sustainable business model. You can't do that. Oh, it's a nightmare. So sat them down and we had the conversation of, um, you know, I think that we're all going to be really surprised how few of us are here next year. <laughs> you said that to your staff. Yeah. My they're, they're looking around like a, yeah. them, not me. <laughs> My <laughs> fault, not yours. I didn't do a very good job of holding you guys to standards or laying out the vision of what this place needs to be. So um, I didn't fire anyone. Mm -hmm. um, only one coach remained a year later. Who was and, it? And oh. we had uh, Harry. Harry, yeah. yeah. Makes yeah. sense, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, up until that point, we had almost in a industry that you guys know has turned, it's like 
So just a hosting table. It's door, like yeah. it's like waiting tables. Like if you're a restaurant, like it's a revolving door. Coaches, we had almost no turnover. That's coaches very came rare. and they stayed because you're paying rare. them to work out. Yes, of course. Of course they were. <laughs> That's, That's the exactly best job ever. So that's the way I started the conversation <laughs> well, with. Was like, we hope he never figures this out. <laughs> I was like, uh, we have very little turnover here. That's a problem. Yeah, that's, that's funny an, that that's you say that. That's an interesting way like, to think of it. Yeah. Something most people would be like, that's great. You're like, we should be losing people. Yes. Because if, we, if we're not losing people, we're probably not evolving. Exactly right. Yeah, that's, yep. that's super interesting. And there's a huge growth mode. Obviously, growth is painful as well. But from 2016 to 2018, 19, right before COVID, were, I would say, uh, sort of the heyday, actually, okay. of CFNE. And I feel like we're falling into another heyday right now. The gym's really awesome right now. Well, when you when you say that, what what makes you say that? What are some the metrics? Feel, of, no, yeah. forget that. Like the, the you just feel the vibe. Feel, the vibe, the connection. If there's one metric, it's uh, class attendance. Attendance. Yep. Wait, what's your average class attendance? We get. Uh, I would say the average is probably 19, but that includes like. Um, Thursdays, which are low, and right. our, our fringe classes. Like you know, Saturday like the, the, morning is just the, like 35 people. The, yeah, yeah the, and the classes. So like our a normal class, so I guess the difference in the average, the median, and the mode. Like yeah. if you were to come in, most classes you'd come in, you'd see probably 22 people in class. What is, Are those classes coached by one person? Yes. So obviously there's a lot of effort still to develop your staff. Yes. Because, you know, one of the things Fern and I preach is don't cap your classes. Yes. Because you, your business is not uh, successful so, enough to cap uh, for, for a lot. We have capped two classes. Like, what? what do you mean? When the class gets, um, so when the class has an average of over 25, we grandfather everyone into that class, but new members cannot participate in that class. You used to call that the open and closed yeah. model, right? Yeah. I remember we tried that at Albany a little bit. Now, here's the deal. I can, you can sell me that, that idea. You're like 25, and I'm like, A, I've seen your space. I know what 25 looks like in that and space. Even it the get, best coach in the world. It gets yeah. a little squirrely so at 25. So that's the average, right? right. What we really bump into is when classes are over 28. And we, if we didn't cap it, our, here's the problem, is our affiliates are, are the, a movie theater. And the movie theater puts on shows, classes, and there's only so many seats in the movie theater. Well, if you just sold seats to movies for the day, yeah. everyone is going to come to the prime, uh, you know, time. the prime time. So for us, that's 5.30 a.m. Right. Everyone shows up to 5.30 a.m. So in that case, you actually, the, the member experience of the 5.30 gets worse and worse and worse with every new member. And... The other classes, which have nine people in them, do not get any better because that's not the prime time. How do you, han sorry, how do you handle that though? Because someone new joins and you're like, hey, here, scoot up you can you can come to any class. We, we, somehow we, <laughs> yeah, we so all took crazy. This. It happens. It happens. Yeah. But you you can come to any class except all sorts for of weird one. stuff happens on the podcast. Yeah. So we just on the on the on the calendar schedule schedule on the yep. schedule on the website it just says at capacity. When someone joins the gym, we just let them know when they're joining, like, hey, you can come and you come to any class, but this one is Except capped. that one. So when, do, when does that eventually open, and how do you determine who gets to then hop in now? It hasn't opened in a very oh, really? long time. So it was closed right before COVID. It opened after COVID, um, and then it's uh, closed again. So if, if someone were to join... They can't attend the five th still to this day. To this day, yeah. And I assume there's people that are like, well, then I can't join here. That's correct. Yeah. Now, so then we have a wait list. So the, now the important part about this is because I'm I'm pretty bullish with people about capping classes. I'm like, you shouldn't do it. Your that it for you is actual capacity. And my beef is they're like, we're capping at 12, and the excuse is like, this is how we give a good customer experience. And I'm like, a that's bullshit. And b you're, you, you're capping your own growth. 
right? So how many classes yeah. a day do you guys run there? We do nine now. Right, so nine classes 12. capped at 25. I'm like, you can do the rough math on that. Like, that makes sense. But it drives me nuts when people are like, we're going to cap our classes because we want to make sure that, and I'm like, but you have 2,000 square feet of open space over uh -huh. here. How about we just be a better coach or yeah. be a little bit more organized or adjust your programming to accommodate more people? Because you're also telling me that you're not making any money and you know, all these other things. No, and I'm we're like, at the spot. Like, the reason we cap is because literally, you can. If you drop a barbell, you're going to get drop on somebody else. Right, right. And that's what I was saying at capacity. It's going to get it's, a little squirrely in there. It's a very different, like, theoretical capacity. Right. Because we go up to, and again, like, we, we cap it when consistently the classes are bumping up over 30. Right. Like and again, that makes sense, right? Issue. So because you're like, we are actually bursting at the seams. Yes. Like this is now becoming more of a safety issue than yeah. anything else. And I'm like, yeah, that absolutely, I would agree with that. The scenario. members are like, you guys got to do something. They're like, this is a, this yeah. is a clown show in here. Well, you know? and like you said, the experience just deteriorates, yes. and eventually you'll lose people anyway. Um, at what point? I don't even remember when does comp train become a thing. So, it became a thing. It had a really um, organic growth yeah. where comp train started as competitors training. Right. And the way I would do that was originally it was for my team, like the people that were training to compete in the sport of CrossFit at my gym. I would send them an email and go, hey guys, here's the training tomorrow. That got, that wasn't a very good system because you lose all the data, you have all this, so I created right. a free, I created a blog. And I was just like, hey, here it is tomorrow. And I put a picture up from the day before type thing. Here's tomorrow's training. And somebody eventually was like, hey, you know what? People from other gyms look at that blog. Oh, yeah, I, I remember like, we did it at Albany. I was like, what? I'm like, yeah. So like somebody showed me how to do like Google Analytics. I don't mm -hmm. even know if it was Google Analytics back then, but it was essentially the yeah, same thing. Yeah, you could look at like uh, web hits. Right. Yeah, yeah. And like 30,000 people were checking it out. And I was and like- You had no idea. No idea. I was like, whole, actually, it was called Competitor's Wad back then, because that's what it was. The competitor. Okay. Yeah. I was like, whoa, okay, like, maybe we should clean this up. Maybe right. we should do something. So, rebranded it. Competitor's Training was shortened to Comp Train. Right. Um, and then over the years, we went from that free model to creating a subscription model for Masters. We're, that's where it started. And then we folded the individuals into that. And then we got to where we are. Is it free now? There's Still? free and there's um, and there's a page. So there's like uh, what's the difference? Free is the workout. You get coaches' notes. Uh, you get access to a leaderboard. Um, you get um, the daily workout, the daily training. That's all on Sugarwad has that, right? Is that on Sugarwad? Uh, so Sugarwad is our gym platform. Okay. We're comp training gym okay. as well. But then on the meaning uh, like you that's the programming you provide for affiliates. To, for affiliates. Got yeah. It. Yeah. Um, but on the paid side, you get. A lot more. You get mindset stuff. You get a, an entire university with all this different content. You get um, access to the hundreds of gyms that you can that do comp train training that you can drop to anywhere in the world. Um, you get the message board that you connect with other people. You create customized leaderboards, all that stuff. So recently, I don't remember where. I know you're on. I think it was Savan's. Mm -hmm. We were Savan. And you know he was asking you questions. And, and what I appreciated about it is like your willingness to be like. I messed up, or I wasn't good at this, whatever. What is going on with Comp Train now? Uh, well, what's going on now is that this is, we're at the CrossFit Games, this is my last year coaching uh, elite athletes at the CrossFit Games. So you, because I know you had said you retired. So I'm retiring that from that. So from coaching elite athletes. Yeah, retirement's the wrong word. So it came out as so you're gonna retired. Come back next year. You've been fired. You've been fired. <laughs> Tom Brady, I'm going to be back <laughs> right, in two yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you, what is it then if you're not retiring? I'm bringing, I, what I want to do is take the lessons I've learned over the last 15 years working with these athletes at the CrossFit Games. And I've had the pleasure and honor to work with some really incredible people and humans. Take those lessons and bring it to the community. And I want to, I'm now the coach. I'm the comp train coach that's working with the community athletes, not just the four athletes at a time. I've always been really, I'm the type of guy that if I'm not doing what I really, really, really love, I'm not very good at what I'm gonna do. It's why I sucked at school. 
That's why I thrive. That's kind of all of us, though, isn't it? No, I don't think so. Really? Some people can just like put their head down and grind on things that they. Well, I can do that, but that doesn't mean I'm good at it. You know what I mean? Like I can do. I can. If you enjoy it, you'll do better. So let me say another way: is one of my goals in life is to find things that I really love and in what what looks like work to others, but feels like play to me. Yeah, that's what we do now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. I think that's what a lot of people in this space do. And what I want to do now, where I feel like I can have the most impact, which is the thing that I am always selfishly striving for, is take, instead of working with four athletes at a time and trying to get them to move the 0.001% each year, is to help. I think that we can move people and change people's lives. What's that look like? That, with, like, specifically, that's me building the comp train platform and community okay so instead of so in years past i had somebody else do that somebody else was running the show and running the day-to-day and running everything that was customer facing so you can focus on the athletes so i could focus it's a full-time job yeah so i moved from a full-time job of divas is what you called them (laughs) (laughs) your words not mine but i never said that oh my god (laughs) uh um, instead of working with those four, I want to build. I want to build an incredible, incredible community of people that believe training hard is a necessary ingredient to becoming the best versions of themselves. And then, Cole now is in your role. Correct. So is Cole retiring from the sport? Not yet. Not, okay. Yeah. I've, He's player coach. Player. Yeah. Cool. Like Pete Rose, back in the day. Minus the gambling on CrossFit, <laughs> but um, maybe we don't know. <laughs> but so you're you're kind of moving on to a, a broader role, and I remember one of our clients, Trish, you posted something, and she's like, "We need you with the affiliates," and you were like, "Wait for it" or something. So that's what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. So, so a secondary aspect of that is um, like the, the the affiliate support side. Um, I I played that role in some capacity in the past with I did um, immersion programs where I bring in six affiliate owners at a time and kind of pull back the curtain and show them the yeah. way that we did things. Cody did that, yeah. Yep. I love it, Cody. And then I uh, did seminars where I would travel around and talk to people for a full day about things. Um, but I want to truly create a, a platform that they can be a part of that has all this stuff at their fingertips and they feel supported throughout the entirety of their journey, not just this three days and this one day. So those concerned, like, ComTrain's going, that is far from the truth. In fact, your goal is to bring it to the masses. Yes. Even more so. Not the masses. I think the masses. The the CrossFit masses. Yeah. Or affiliates. Yes. The the affiliates. And, um, you know, I feel like there's a lot that we can, you know, I'm continuing to share. I'm continuing to grow and evolve every year. And as I do that, I want to share those those you know them the hard lessons that you learn the hard way and just create that's where this comes from yeah, yeah that's, exactly that's why this from our all of our mistakes yeah. like don't make these yeah, yeah exactly right that's, that's that's super interesting so with that what what how will that change your day to day i'll change it drastically instead of me being on the floor working with athletes trying to refine their thrusters pull-ups and burpees and running i'm connecting with the community i'm trying to gr- like find out what they need Find out what they want. Um, how can we help them become? How can we help them become fitter, faster, stronger, but also more mentally resilient and unshakable? And then secondarily, do the same thing for the affiliates. You know, we were talking to Pat this morning, Pat Barber. That is about you, and we were saying you're one of the first coaches that wasn't just like taking everyone. Like you were like literally, come live with me, yeah. and I'm taking you under. Is that? Is part of this like that's exhausting? It's a twenty-four. It's like to be. To I think most people that are here recognize the commitment that these athletes are are, are putting towards this, and it is a twenty-four-seven commitment. Well, because you, that athlete's twenty-four-seven, but you have four of those athletes. Yeah, it, so it's it's a all-encompassing thing for the coach as well to do it right. To do it right, you need to be fully, fully invested in that. And if that's the case, I can't build the platform, the community that I'm that now I'm really excited to do. It's almost selfish. Like I'm so focused on you too, I'm overlooking these thousands. 
It's it's what happens in a affiliate. In a exactly yeah. right. It's that. So instead of just focusing on the team you're trying to get to semifinals in the games, you're now focusing on the community. You're like, oh, there's 160 other people over here who would it's, like my help. It's it, the the exact parallel is the growth that CrossFit New England went through. Yeah. Where we were ultra competitive, focused on these individuals, trying to get them to excel at the games, and then try to get these teams to podium at the games. Right. And then we, in 2016, went, oh, wait a minute. Maybe we could do this a different way. <laughs> Maybe there's a better way to do this. Um, so what is what does your daily involvement in, yeah, I don't know what that feedback is, in New England at this point? Like how, mu like, well, how much are you involved in the day-to-day? -day? Are you still coaching? Uh, I, I'm like a uh, guest appearance coach, so I'm on the like the I'm in You're the bullpen. Sub. You're a sub. I'm a sub. <laughs> exactly. Right. Someone can't make yeah. it. All right, yeah. I'll get up. Because right. yeah. for a long there. time you coached every day at 8:30. I coached the 8:30 from day one till year 13. How'd you finally step down? Uh, this the involvement in comp training. You just yeah. How did the members take it? Uh bittersweet because it's their they, it's their coach yeah, yeah they yeah. saw it coming but, but they didn't we also think it would have, ever happen we have great coaches so max isaac do you know max yeah. max is a, max yeah. is a good friend yeah. so max is now running our gym max is the is the gm of crossfit new england okay we got there. some stuff going on with that with yeah, max. Awesome. Yeah. yeah he's a good dude yeah. i like max yeah. Yeah. he's running so, new england but he's also running our tilt tilts. Gyms. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um yeah no that's great i, I want to go back a step you were part of seminar staff Correct. And I think it's been so long, people forget that. Both you and Heather. Yep. What was your journey to get on staff like? Mm, and when was that? I met was Dave Castro on. at one of your events. Dave came to, remember with like Mackenzie? He showed up with Brian and Andy Stump probably. It, it was, was probably, probably like nine. It was probably oh nine. Yeah. Yep. And that was the year we did the, we did this like stupid chipper workout. And I like had to print it out. And I remember, da I remember so Dave going on camera and be like, you know, I hate that there's contrived workouts. And the and probably Savon or something was like, what's that mean? He was like, this. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, <laughs> tell me to my face Noted. next time. Yeah, yeah. yeah But it was like, do this, do that weird thing, do. And uh, he came yeah. there. And, yeah. It made, was. It was that that event. That was the final. I remember it. Yeah. Um, Hobart. And, I think Hobart won. And after that, Hobart did win. Yep. Uh, is that sweatpants, Hobart? Uh, Vans. I don't remember if it was Vans. sweats, but definitely Vans. Uh, and it was after that event, Heather was already on staff, and he asked me if I was interested. Heather got on before you? Yeah. How'd that? Uh, Heather was a games athlete. So yeah, Heather, back then it was yeah, like... Yeah. And then how long were you on staff for? Probably two or three years. So not very long. No. And was that, I'm assuming like all of us, you loved it, but you were just like, I can't too many balls in the it, air it just it wasn't the right place for me to put my focus um with a family and um two businesses back home and to the, the total honest truth is um me presenting to 50 people a weekend did not fill my cup i would much rather be in front of the same 20 athletes of my 8:30 class every single day and building that that depth of relationship i found as awesome it was to, to spread the gospel of the level one material and the ethos of crossfit that we know changes so many lives and send those people out in the world to create their own spider webs i i felt and it's i felt way more fulfilled um with the opportunity to sit down after the 8 30 with six people against the wall and just Talk shop, talk shop, and you you can't do both of those. It's if you're gonna do seminar staff, there's a day of travel on either side. That leaves you three days. That's not that wasn't fulfilling me. So what, what? Because I don't think there was any overlap. When when were what years were those when you were doing that? I didn't overlap. I, I think it was yeah. nine to, tw uh, to twelve. Yeah, yeah that came, on, came 13. on to thirteen. I, I mean, I preach this to people trying to get on staff. We preach it to our clients. Ben was about three hours away from me, and I went and drove there and got feedback. And Dude, people come to my gym all the yeah, time. And like, like, can I get some feedback? And I'm like, you show and, up. Do you know, to Ben's credit, I think, sure, come on in. And I remember in between classes getting feedback, and that was shortly after getting <laughs> I've on people, I've had people come to the gym, and they're like, hey, I just want to watch you. And I'm like, you want to teach the nine? And they're like, <laughs> I'm like, you want to get better or not? Like, yeah, let's go. Is, get in there. I'm like, I won't let you break anything. Don't worry. Where, yeah. I think that's a skill. Where'd you get that skill? 
of if this doesn't align with my values, I don't do it. It's a deep question. I, yeah, somebody ask uh, on the best hour, Ben. I no, don't know what you do on chasing excellence, but here I know the answer. It's, a, it's um, it was the way. Um, watching my dad and my best friend's dad chase something and eventually get to it and go for what? Like what? What, what do you remember your father's success in business? What was your father's career? He did is like he still around. Yes. Yep. And what, uh, he managed companies, so he would help like um, pump. He would come in. Um, and help companies go public, or he would come in as the CEO of a company. And is he retired now? Yes. But you saw him many years just kind of so on the grind? So he like what most people would look at as like success, because he had the, the, the financial success and he had the business success, but um, was, got divorced at age 60. And Your parents got divorced at 60? Yep. Your, your biological parents? Yes. Are they remarried? And no. So that's the play. Stay so, single after and I knew, And then my best friend's dad, same thing, incredibly successful. He, he sold weapon systems to Saudi Arabia. Oh, and his mom was, was And his mom fixed nuclear power plants. When Chernobyl went, they sent her. She's now with Homeland Security. So incredibly successful, but he died of stress. It's like, so I, I figured out for myself, and this is the right path for everybody, for me, I wanted to make sure I was blurring the line between work and play at all times. No, and I think that was something up from a distance I saw from you. And it was always admirable, but I would always be like, well, I wouldn't do that. But then I didn't get it yeah. until years later when I was like, you know, sold the box or... You know. Well, I think you don't figure that out until... There's a maturity involved well, in that. Well, I think it's a maturity, but it's also like there's more things involved. Right? Like you have a family now and you're like, oh, there's these young people that I want to be a part of their life and... And, and how do I how do I mesh those two together so that I'm not just chasing this thing and and they're like well dad travels a lot and we see him sometimes and all those kind of things like yeah I feel the same way it's, it's like I want my kids to feel like I'm there but I also want to do this thing that I love yeah. so how do I do and both show of them it? that work ethic is yeah. something and yeah that you work really hard and if you are fortunate you work really hard at something that you love you can get good at it and now you have the best of both worlds but, but I, I think, think when that when the family comes in and you're like you know, like me, I'm sure you, but I'm like, I really like my wife. You know, I'd like to spend right. a, lot, a lot of time with her, you know, like but my kids. It turns out they're fun. I, I think as three fathers, that is important. I think I know you, and I'm pretty sure he's on the same path where it's like, I want to instill that in my kids. Like, hard work is important, but chase your dreams yeah. and do the things you love because then it doesn't feel like work. So I think without being cliche about it, but like, what, you know, without using the word values, what's important to you? Like, what's important to you? And it's going to be different, but what's important to you, Jason? Like, what is really important to you? So if you know that, then you have this destination of where you want to get to. And, you know, I said this before, but excellence is just a matter of defining where you want to be, figuring out the steps to get there, and then executing on those and not get distracted by all these other things. So... I figured out very early on that there was a few things that were really important to me. You know, I know the, I call it the five L's: right. love, leadership, um, um, living life, and and so on. And I I was very systematic in that in terms of like creating a list, and I would check them off every day. I had twenty things I would check off every day to make sure I was on that path. Instead of like, is that exhausting? That sounds it's, exhausting to me, but it, that, that's not for everybody. It's, everyone's different. Yeah. But to me, it was the opposite of exhausting because what was exhausting was when I realized I hadn't called my mom in 20 days, and that was like, holy crap. I know if I call my mom twice a week, it's, I don't have that. So it that creates kind of like guilt. So yeah. what it does is it creates peace of mind. Right. I know that if I'm home every day at 6 o'clock and have a family dinner, that creates this peace of mind for all these... And what happens is people get so far off the track mm -hmm. that, you know, if not for this community, but like I haven't worked out in five days. And right. Like, like that's... That's what it sounds like to me. It's not exhausting. It's when you don't live by that, then it's, it's the exhausting. It's discipline is freedom thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's, it's your daily check-in. Be like, yes. hey, am I doing the things that I said I wanted to do in order that. to get where I wanted to go? Yeah. What are some of the things you do to be a good father? 
I think being, I think the most important thing of any leadership role is presence. You just have to be there. Um, so I try. I'm even as my kids, you know, as uh, uh, Bodie is now 11. In middle school, it's like it's the drop off when you practice. Like for practice, every parent, I stay and watch the practice. Like, every day. What's he play? What yeah. sport does he play? Soccer. And yeah. and you watch soccer practice. Yeah, I stay at the field the whole time. You like yeah. yelling, or you like the just like nope. Can no, you get your no damn words. dad to stop yeah. yelling at me? No, no, no words. <laughs> just yeah. sitting there. Yeah, that's that's cool. A lot of times I'll just do like get my steps and I'll walk around the field. Just but just watching. the fact that you're there, Bodie, support sees yeah. it. Yeah, I and do also, that with Logan's jujitsu. Yeah, you're all, you stick around I in jujitsu. I watch and because it's it's unspoken, it's, but well, it's, no, it's not unspoken. It's just not words. So. Interesting. You know. What is that? I, I know. He says yeah. something sometimes. I just, that. I just Write ignore them after yeah. a while. Yeah. <laughs> but meaning there, there's a level of communication there that happens in some of those. It just doesn't always have to be verbal. Well, you've told me right. about your father and like just the high five. Right. right. Or it can just be like a look, right? She'll look over at me and it might, it might just be a thumbs up. And, she, and, you, and you can see physical Chest posture change, right. you yeah. know, just the, those little things versus like, hey, I'll be back in a little bit or, you know, you're on your which I'm guilty of and that kind of stuff. But I try to be plugged into her, not to interfere, but just like, where is she at? What is she doing? Like, it, does she need this right now? Does she need me to say, hey, no, no, you're going to go back in there. I know you said no but like you're gonna finish training today like we're gonna and we'll talk about it afterwards that stuff's important you know because she's nine right no, like there's emo emotionally you know not all put together well, i'm barely put together i'm 42. everything that we're discussing is the art of coaching whether it's a member or your kids right presence is immensely valuable well, I think it's the same. You've talked. You kind of. You've kind of referenced this. It's, it's the same thing on the floor. There's a difference between a coach who is present in that class, and I don't mean they're physically present. I mean yeah. like you're plugged in to 22 people Five days a week. that are going on. And you're like, hey, like I, I don't have to ask you how you're feeling. I can see it on you, and I'll be like, hey, let's scale today, yeah. or like whatever that might be, you know. And like that's where, that's the presence and attitude. That's the difference between like a coach who's pretty good, and I'm like that is a killer on the floor right there. That person is plugged into everybody. Everybody's tuned into that coach. And thus, we're talking about Coach B yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know, like being plugged in. And I think it's really important. Um, so, the restructure of Comtrain, anything else going on in your life? Oh. Baby number five, you were saying? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Four kids is enough? <laughs> yeah. Four kids. I met yeah. Maya. Uh, 16 my years oldest. ago. Yeah, she's 23 She's this little now. kid always, like, please tell her this, like, and Heather, of course, young age, I was like, this girl has got her shit together. Like, at like six. Yeah. I was she like, did. I was like, so what is up with well, this kid? So compared Actually, to you, that's not hard. This is a good, like, this is a good, um, like, connect the dots to the question you just asked. At age six, when you met her, we had her booking our travel. Like, Buying would, plane tickets? Yes. Hey, Dad, you got first class. Like, cook, <laughs> like, get us a rental car, get us a hotel. Not at six. Uh, real, whenever, probably... But early, earlier so than she should have been. She was working... Dave Castro for she all the Dave's years... She was Dave's assistant a couple of times. Yeah, I Dave remember that. Dave had three yep. assistants, sometimes four, and she was one for about 10 years, and then she ran uh, the games for... Uh, the comp train experience for the, for the last five. And now you said she was, what, 28? She's 23. 23? Yeah. And master's degree... Like, how yeah. you do one thing is how you do everything. And that's parenting. L luck with a good kid as well. But, I mean, kudos to you. That's that's awesome. That's really cool. So, uh, anything else you, that's going on? I'm really excited about the comp train thing. And people um, can I'm, find comptrain.co still? Uh, comptrain.com. You got the yeah. com? Got the for com. a while, it was got, the CO, no? We How'd the you CEO. get the com? How'd you we get the dog com? for it. Somebody, did somebody yes. have that because it was related yes, to they, you guys? They, like, and they swiped it? Or because cyber squatting it was yeah, another yeah, thing? It's just that. Yep. You had to pay a lot. A lot. We had to buy besthour.com too, yeah. People, we did? I did, years ago. Well, I don't think we paid a lot for it. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as Comtrain, yeah. but you, people do squat on it. But it's been awesome catching up. Cody, you want your book signed? Oh, you know, he said you always travel. Yeah, you said you always travel with Chasing Excellence. I love it, Cody. Yeah. You got four. Tim Ferriss isn't on the show, Cody. Yeah. Ben Bergeron is. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, been, it's been awesome catching up with you. You know, you're a pillar in this community. You continue that. to be, and it's to see your evolution. You know, Fern talks about this. We need rabbits in the CrossFit space, in the affiliate space, but you've been 
you've been a rabbit for perhaps longer than anyone else. Oh, I appreciate and, and that. And it's been fun to it's been really fun to see. Thanks, so Jason. thanks for coming are, on. Are you going to be back next year, just in spectator capacity? Uh, I'll probably be more than a spectator capacity. I'll probably be here doing connecting with the community. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Get a booth like us. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Come back on the podcast next year. There you go. Yeah. Cool. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Best Hour of Their Day podcast. We appreciate you listening and choosing to have us help you in your passion for coaching and affiliate ownership. You can find more episodes just like this on all podcast platforms. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to us on any social media platforms, or you can visit www.besthouroftheirday.com to book a call. If you found this episode helpful for you, please share it so that we can help other coaches and affiliate owners to help build a bigger and stronger CrossFit community. Thanks for listening.